Gapier Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gapier Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gapier adventure. Today, you're going to hear from Charlie Tavy, CEO of Year On, a semester and year-long gap year program that focuses on entrepreneurship. Margo, you chatted with Charlie. Tell us a little bit about the conversation. Charlie and I are longtime friends from the Gap Year Fairs, as you've probably heard a few times on the pod now. And we had a chance to chat about quite a few things, really. We talked a lot about Year On and what kind of program it is, all the various options that it offers, um, where it fits into the various different opportunities within the Gap Year world. But we also talked about his recent working sabbatical, which is, I think, something that many people don't think is a reality. And as CEO, to be able to take a working sabbatical, and he traveled with his partner, and what that looked like in the many adventures that that entailed. And then we also talk about where the gap year industry is going and things that it needs in the future. So we had a great chat. He certainly has a lot of really unique insights and opinions from his long experience within education as a whole, as well as working at year on in the gap year world. Definitely. I've seen some pictures from his sabbatical and they definitely make me jealous. So I can't wait to hear more about his adventures. So thanks for talking to him, Margo. Absolutely. Let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone. Today on the pod, we have Charlie Taby joining us, who is the CEO of a unique gap year program called Year On. Charlie and I met a couple of years ago on the USA Gap Year Fair circuit. Uh, surprise, I know many of our guests I've met on the circuit, but we've enjoyed seeing each other over the years at all things gap related. So welcome to the pod today, Charlie. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Margo. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we were just chatting, but you have had a lot of travels recently. Where all in the world have you been and how do you keep up with all your duties as CEO while you're on the road? Wow. Yeah. So just this past summer, I decided with my partner between the months of June and all the way through August to kind of take a little travel around the world. We started off visiting my partner's family in Spokane, Washington. And then after that, we went to Asia. Uh, I used to live in Beijing. So we went and visited some friends over in Beijing for a while. And then we went down to the Philippines and got scuba certified, which was awesome. And over to Bali, where Yiran actually has a location. And it was really cool just to be in Bali and see what the landscape is like over there. And from there, we went to Hong Kong. We spent all of July in Mexico traveling around, ending up in Mexico City for about two and a half weeks. And then we did the East Coast of the United States. Uh, I went to school in Baltimore, so visited some friends there and met up with some people over at my alma mater. And then to New York, where I'm originally from, up to Boston, and then over to Europe. And we did a few European countries, got some sun, and ended with me officiating my best friend's wedding in the south of France. So it was quite a whirlwind, definitely a lot of, a lot of traveling. I think my biggest accomplishment over this time was we did the entire three months out of a carry-on suitcase. So one carry-on and one one backpack. No way. Yep. And you know, I because I officiated a wedding, there was also a tuxedo in there. So I, <laughs> I am very proud of myself for that time. I don't even think that when we were on the Gap Year Fair circuit, I, I traveled out of No, a, I don't think uh, you did. <laughs> a carry-on suitcase, so. <laughs> wow, impressive. So, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. 
And all the while you were working full time. Yeah. So working, I obviously took some time to, you know, I, I wasn't doing my, you know, my full, I think as a CEO, you wear a lot of different hats. You're definitely clocking way over 40 hours a week in work. But as, as with any role, you need to take some time for yourself and, you know, always just reevaluate where you are and where you want to go. And so I was able, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to work remotely and we don't have students during the summer. So it's a lot more admissions focused and onboarding students for their time with us. So for me, I was able to really think about big picture, where we're going to be taking year on in the next couple of years, and also think about where I want to be in the next couple of years. And that was, um, it was a really great time for me. But it it really shows that in this day and age, we really do have these digital nomads that are thriving. And there are a lot of jobs that you can do where you can be all around the world and still get your day-to-day done. I think what that comes down to is you need to be a really good communicator. We use Slack as an internal tool with all of our with all of our staff members and it's great to be able to stay connected but you have to you definitely have to be intentional about it while you're doing it so but i got it done i mean uh, whether on email or slack i mean a lot of the things that obviously we we teach with our gap students right i mean these are these are the these are the 21st century skills that you need to be successful because this is the direction that the world is moving in Absolutely. And I know you mentioned too, I mean, I think an important piece of this to remember, and I know that your partner took kind of a sabbatical of sorts to take this time off. And it's something that I think it's so easy to think that you can't do once you're a full-time working professional, but it is so possible. Absolutely. I mean, and I mean, we're super fortunate that we both work um, with and for companies that promote this type of time to take for yourself. And I know a lot of people get into this rut where they say, oh, I could never do that. I could never do it. And it is, it really is possible. I mean, you definitely need to have a lot of things squared away. It takes a lot of planning. Um, as you can imagine, you know, me, you know, me as a, as a person, I had a huge <laughs> Google doc that had the entire itinerary down to, you know, with the country that we were in our flights, where we were staying, you have a budget, which we did not stay under, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, we made sure that all of these things were planned out so we can enjoy the time before we were, before we were on the road. That is honestly inspirational. I, I hope to be able to accomplish something of similar sorts in the coming years here. That's amazing. I have no doubt that you will. So I want to hear a little bit more. Let's talk about your on for the listeners. Obviously, I know a bit, a good bit about your programming, but what exactly do you do at your on and, and where does your program fit within the various gap year program offerings? Because um, I think that you do have a really unique model that is quite different from many other program providers. Yeah, good, great question. Uh, so Yearon's high-level mission is to give people the confidence, clarity, and direction for their next steps. So obviously that's super broad, and we made it broad for a reason, not only because the demographic of student that we work with right now is a high school graduate before college, but we're getting more students that are reaching out to us while they're in school, while they're in college. And then, you know, just like the the professional like me who's 10 years out of college and wants to be able to take some time and, you know, rediscover who they are and what's important to them. We want to make sure that down the line, we're able to build these programs for anybody, you know, people post-college, people who are coming back from maternity and paternity leave, people are coming back from being deployed overseas who have just retired. There's so many times in our lives where we feel like, you know, there is something that we want to reflect on and we need some kind of skill to be able to get us to that next step. And I think that, you know, gap years as a place is a, is a real great 
um, starting point for that. And so I, I think on a high level, confidence, clarity, and direction is what we're going for. When you look at what our program does right now for the high school graduate, we are a three-phase program. So like you said, it's a little, a little different than the other gap year programs that are out there right now. We first send our students abroad. So we have five international locations right now, Tanzania, Mexico, India, Indonesia, and Peru. And while students are abroad, they're full-time in a service learning project. And that service learning project is anything from eco-conservation to teaching English, or maybe teaching some tech literacy skills. And they're really starting to examine what their relationship is between themselves and the world. And we want them to really start to think about what education means and why education doesn't need to be what they've been taught education is, which is sitting in a classroom where you have one person in front of, in front of the class that's just talking at you. We, we, want, we want them to learn that the world teaches us things every single day. You know, you could be walking on the street and you can learn something from somebody else or you can learn something from your surroundings. And how do you start to tap into that? So that's what they're doing while they're abroad. And then after that phase, we bring them to San Francisco. And while they're in San Francisco for 10 weeks, they live in community with one another. You can think of it kind of like college light. And we want them to understand what it's like to go into college, what the structure is going to be, what a lot of parents and students um, don't realize or forget is that college is super unstructured. It is a time when students, they go from a hyper-structured environment of high school into unstructured college. And that's why so many students are dropping out after their freshman year. It's really a scary statistic that 30% of our students drop out after their freshman year and only 60% are making it through college in four years. This isn't something that we should be taking lightly and we need to start to really examine why this is happening. So we wanna make sure that students are prepared for what that looks like. And we wanna make sure that we give them the skills so they can succeed while they're in school and beyond. And so the way we do that while they're in San Francisco is they live in community. We have kind of a dorm building where, they're, where they get to live. So they start to get a feel for what that life is like. And then they are in one workshop every single day for two hours. And we have these experiential workshops and we call them power skills. A lot of people will call them soft skills. We think that that whole term needs to be rebranded because we think that they're the skills that power every individual. And you know, how do you communicate with another person? effectively? Um, how do you really start to think about your values and who you are as a person so that can inform your decision making? And then we really also look at some harder skills that we know students will need to be able to learn more about themselves. So one of the examples that I always give one of our modules is just around professional skills. So we have students go through this set of um, the set of professional skills like, okay, how do I network? And once I network, how do I you know, reach out to someone in a cold email so I can do an informational interview with them? How do I conduct that informational interview? How do I build my resume so then if they invite me for an interview, I can go in and then how do I actually interview with another, with another person? And these are skills that we're just not teaching in college, we're not teaching in high school, and they're skills that are really, they're, they're really valuable for this age demographic and even all the way up. I think that there's a lot of people that I definitely get at year on who apply to jobs and they don't have these skills. And I think that when I speak with a lot of employers, they are saying, yes, we don't know where to find people that have these very fundamental skills that will help them be successful in our, in our company. So we're trying to kind of plant the seed early on. We think that it's really important for them to start to learn these skills so that by the time they are, you know, four years through college, hopefully they have pushed, they have pushed all of their knowledge on top of these things and then leveled up from there. So that's kind of the structure. And on top of that, what really makes all of this tick is students are building a portfolio while they're with us. So we are real proud uh, proponents of making sure that a student 
um, of any walk of life can come to us and learn what they want to learn. So we don't focus on a very specific discipline. Instead, we say, hey, if you want to go into marketing, great. If you want to go and you want to be a doctor, awesome. Accountant, cool. And they're building their portfolio to really bring that to life. And they could do something for two weeks and then drop it. We're not like college where you say, oh, I did this for a few weeks. Now I have to drop it and get a W. Or now I don't have another course to like fill into my schedule. Or I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to hate it and then I'm going to get a C in it and it's going to really take down my GPA. We want you to be exploratory. We want you to use this time to really push the bounds and see what you're doing. Our only ask is that you're always doing something. It doesn't matter really what it is, but you're doing something. And the special thing that keeps pe that keeps students on task while they're doing this is the coaches that we have. So we work with coaches who are professionals that help students with a lot of the executive functioning skills that we know that they'll need not only in college, but for the rest of their lives. You can think about this as kind of like a uh, a mentor who kind of has that older sibling warmth and they are saying, you know, hey, Margo, like, what are your goals that you want to set for yourself this week? And you list out your goals and we work with students to make them understand, like, what is a smart goal? How does that, you know, how is that manifesting every single day for you? And how are you making sure that you're keeping on track? So then when, you know, your coach meets with you next week, they say, hey, Margo, how much of that did you get done? And you say, oh, I actually only got 40% of my goals done. You can then have a really honest conversation about why that happened. And this person, you know, isn't, isn't there to, you know, be like, look down on you and say like, well, you didn't get this done. So, you know, you should feel bad about yourself. Instead, they're the person that's going to lift you up. And they're also, you know, they're not in a, the, the position of authority. They're not teaching you the content in the classrooms. They're not your parents. So you're, they're really there to be in your corner to really help you think about who you are and what you want to do. And then based on what students are learning about themselves in those first two phases, our third phase is really a build your own adventure. So we have students who go into internships, we have students who get jobs, we have students who go back and volunteer in some of the locations that we've um, set up across the world. We have students who say, you know what, what I want to do is I want to build my portfolio of art because I want to apply to this, you know, residency program or I want to go into art school. So they're going back all across the world and they're bringing that to life all while that coach is still checking in with them every other week um, as they're, you know, kind of offboarded into the into the world. Um, so yeah, I would say that obviously it's a little bit different than the other gap year programs. A lot of the gap year programs have the travel component, which I am a firm believer is one of the most important pieces of a gap year. And from there, we just wanted to build on that to really give students these tangible skills that they can use, you know, whether they go to college or not. I mean, that that right there, that's what makes it so unique, I think, so many other programs. I mean, obviously, life skills and, and such is a part of all GAP programs, I would like to think, in some capacity. But I think how intentionally yours is set up to provide students with those skills. Because like you were saying, I mean, I can't tell you how many times in my young adult life I've thought, wow, there's nothing that ever taught me how to file my taxes or how to this or that, these skills that you think should be so fundamentally a part of our education and they're not. And not, I'm not saying you teach students how to file taxes, but those adult skills that they should know when entering into society. It's just so important. We do do budgeting. We do. <laughs> there you go. I mean, um, you know, such an important piece of graduating from life at home and childhood into full-blown young adulthood and adulthood. Well, can you just maybe explain a bit your role as CEO at Year On, what all that entails and what brought you here to the gap year world and the gap industry? Great question. So I did go to a four-year university and I graduated. I was an accounting major. Uh, which is wild to believe looking back. Um, but I applied to a couple of jobs at the big four, which are the best accounting firms in the world. And I didn't get my dream job. 
And I was definitely crushed and I didn't really know where to go. And I was like, I want, I know that I want to work in this field, but I cannot, I, I don't, I don't want to stay in Baltimore um, if I'm not at one of these firms. And where that led me to was I actually then went to Beijing and I took an intensive Mandarin course. And after I finished that intensive Mandarin course, I started to do what a lot of expats do um, when they're abroad. And I started to teach English. And when I started to teach English, I realized, wow, I love, I loved learning a new language and I really love teaching. And I kind of, I've been in the education world ever since. Um, immediately uh, after I started teaching, I was able, I had very serendipitously walked into this startup that was doing this. And I kind of went up the ranks and had this really awesome experience um, while I was in Beijing, I was became a supervisor and then a principal of a school, and then I was overseeing operations for six schools throughout Beijing. And it was this it was this experience for me that you know, as a 22 year old, was something that what I I would have never imagined just you know a year and a half earlier when I was getting ready to graduate. And from there, I realized that there was a lot even within the English language curriculum that we were pushing out to students that I thought we could really improve on. So I wound up then going to Silicon Valley and thinking about starting my own company that would really work on curriculum and how we would work with students of, with different learning modes. And at the end of that program, um, the, the person who ran it is actually a very well-known venture capitalist here in Silicon Valley. And he said, I love this idea. I'll either fund it or you can come work for me. I said, well, it's probably a good idea for me to, you know, knowing someone like this person is would, could be potentially great for my career. So why don't I work with you? And he had this entrepreneurship school that I had just gone through that was really fascinating in a way to look really fascinating to look at in terms of education. Entrepreneurship, when you distill it into its finest form, purest form, is a piece of uh, something that really, really, really interests you. And then you spend all of your energy while you dedicate your life to figuring out you know, this problem and about this certain thing. And I think when we think about education and we think about what makes people get up in the morning and really want to go to work and feel like they, are, they have this fulfilling life, it's, it has to, you have to have some agency and control over that. And I really thought that, wow, entrepreneurship is a really cool way to bring that into the picture. You have these self-directed learners who are learning about something and, you know, problems are not, you know, just a single road. They're, they're multifaceted. You need to learn every possible angle. And after running his school for a little while, that kind of led me to, you know, what are college alternative programs looking like these days? How do we think about what students are doing after high school? I mean, college, the cost of college, what it is today versus what it was you know, 30 years ago is very, very different. And students are spending a lot of money and a lot of time. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, many of them aren't getting through. And as a, as a nation, we need to be doing something about this. And I, and I, I really then thought, wow, I'm going to look for a company that actually has some kind of curriculum like this to help students. And again, you know, luck would have it that I was able to find one. I joined it and, you know, over my time, um, the founder was like, this is, this, this is the vision of what we really want to do. And eventually uh, he stepped down and the board asked if I wanted to become CEO. And I became CEO. And then very shortly after I realized that there was 
you know, this place in the gap year market for us to exist. Um, the gap year market is, has been around for a very long time, and, but it's also very, very new. Uh, when we think about how many people are taking a gap year across the world, people in the UK and Australia, it's like 10% of students are taking a gap year. When you look at the United States, it's only 1%. And it's because a lot of students here, we have now trained students that the only reason why you're going to high school is to get a piece of paper, is to take this test, is to go to college, is to get another piece of paper, and is to like, you know, have this job. But, and then what we get is people who can't talk to one another. They don't know how to have a conversation that doesn't, you know, that doesn't devolve into just like, you know, name calling. We have a lot of students who are walking out without any of the relevant skills to be able to make them successful in the real world. So they're buried by the student debt for decades. I mean, there are people that are my age that are still paying off student loans for the, still the past 10 years, and they got another 10 years to go. And this just shouldn't be the way it is. And for me, I started to think about, okay, how can Euron really play a, really play a part in this. And that's when like my day-to-day -day job became, how do we build a curriculum that speaks to these, these challenges that we're facing as an entire nation? And how do we start with a group of people and then expand from there? And it's been really cool to work with this age demographic because, you know, now the 300 students that we've run through our program, we've seen that they, 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 they want to be better. They, they, they all say that when they walk in. And for me, that's what it's about. That's what education is. It's constantly leveling up. It's figuring out who you are and what you want to do. And that is not a static thing. It could be something today. It could be something different tomorrow. So I think that for, for me, that really came to life through year on. And over, over the time that, I, that I've been here now, I've really learned that students who start off on this path um, there's the book, The Defining Decade, and there's a really, she talks about how, you know, if you have these goals in your 20s, it's the difference between taking off in JFK and either landing in Seattle or San Diego. And while they're, they're, both of those places are not, you know, good or bad or better or worse than the other, they're just fundamentally different. And I started to think about, well, how can we do that with our students and make sure that they're getting the best, um, the best that they can get so they can start making those plans for themselves? Because once they're in control, they feel like they have actually something, they have something to give. Um, and that for me was, was, is very important in education. Yeah. I mean, your path is so unique and how you ended up here. And I think that what you have done with year on has been really inspirational to kind of watch it grow and evolve and, and such over the past few years. And kudos to you for making it what it is today. And, and the way that it impacts students is really inspirational. And I've personally always seen you as someone that, you know, has your hands in a lot of things in the industry, someone who's looking out to go out there and shake trees and really make something of the gap year industry with big dreams and visions. And so, you know, the gap year world here in the United States. And so I'm curious what you think are the biggest changes you feel need to be made or where should it all be heading and where is it all heading? That's a great question. So I think that the biggest change that needs to be made is we need to find more ways to make gap years accessible to students from various walks of life. Right now, gap years have a brand of just being for rich kids and by and far, that's tr very true. And we need to figure out what we can do to bring more funding to the space and to have alternatives that are accessible and make and democratize what gap years you know are and could be so i think that we're, what we're going to see and what we've started to see in the space is colleges realizing that why gap years are important um, i think gya has done a really great job in and gya i know a lot of listeners will know what that is but the gap year association um, has done a really great job in collecting data from students who have participated in gap years so we can start to prove out these efficacies and make sure that you know 
what's on what's on the label matches what's inside the can and that colleges get on board and say hey we want students who have these skills before they start in our school we should not be going after students and saying you need to go to college you need to go to college you need to go to college and a student gets there and they have no idea what they want to do so then they drop out and then they have you know 30 uh, one of my students just last week told me that she is going to NYU and it is almost $80,000 a year wow one year $80,000. We this is out of control. Especially if a student only gets through one year and then the worst worst case scenario is they drop out and they have nothing to show for it and how are you going to get out of $80,000 of debt? How? Ask any ask any professional that makes, you know, that that makes that much a year how long that would take. Let, and they have a college degree. So I think that we need to really start to think about, you know, what that what this looks like to make it accessible for students and to get universities on board so we can get the funding that's needed to say, okay, we, we want to tap into like we want to start saying that federal financial aid can be um, can be used for these programs so more students can take them. We need to start developing alternatives that still get the skills that we teach that we teach in these gap years, but maybe students don't, you know, they don't want to take a gap year, but they still want the skills. How do we get that to them? So starting to think about what this looks like over time, I think we'll, you know, we're, we're in the age of technology. I think it's great that we have these ways of delivering this content. And I think, it, you know, what we're starting to think about in year on is how do we get that out to people? How do we leverage some kind of platform to make sure that if even if a student is going into college, but they say, but, you know, I do want to know what my values are and I want to learn what the system's thinking is that they can just like sign on and have this community of people and, you know, work that way. Or a student who says, hey, I want to spend, I want to build my own gap year, but I want a community of people to do it with. How do we give them some kind of resource where they can go from country to country and actually still be able to tap into a curriculum while they're with a community of people, but do it on their own terms instead of, you know, here's this, here's the solution that we have for you. You know, like right now, Euron only has five countries um, abroad and they're great, but they're not for everybody. How do you start to get gap years into the mode of and the recognition for everybody? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big question I think we're all grappling with and so many different things that could happen. And like you said, where it's the norm in Europe or Australia, it's not the norm here yet. You know, I don't know that there are enough students who are wanting to tap into those resources yet, but yeah, I feel like it's really increasing that awareness of, of this possibility. And, you know, the more students and the more power we have behind the movement, I think the more we all will be able to give resources to creating various options for students. Mm, but for sure. Yeah. Well, and also, so taking it back to year on, what do you think is the biggest takeaway that a student might have after completing your program? So I think one of the reasons why, you know, every year I'm always like, we're let's let's make this bigger, let's make it stronger. We have a capstone presentation that our students do after their second phase, and they talk about what their learnings are. And when students stand up in the front of a room and they say things like, I finally believe in myself, or I know that I'm worth something, I know that what we're doing needs to, be, we need to get it out to as many people as possible. I think about how when you give someone confidence and they understand who they are, you can't take that away from people. You can chip away at it, but you can't take it away. And for me, that is the best outcome for a student, that they understand more about who they are and that, again, they're not static beings. They can, you know, today they might be interested in one thing. In a year from now, that might be something different. And that's okay. We live in a world where we, we, we are allowed to change our minds. 
you don't have to say yes to something and then be, you know, beholden to it forever. And that's, a, that's also, you know, that's not just a message for 18 year olds. That's a message for anybody. And I think that for a year on, this is what we're seeing that this is our biggest value add that really showing people, you know, you can do it. You can do stuff that you put your mind to. Maybe you need some scaffolding to do it, but who doesn't need scaffolding? Who doesn't need to have that coach who helps them realize that like, wow, I was capable of that. Maybe you've created this narrative in your head that like, oh, I can't, like me getting up to that today is, is too difficult. And we just keep saying that to ourselves and then it, be, it becomes a reality. But how can we start to manifest something a little bit different in small baby steps? Doesn't have to be all, to, all at once. But I do think that when students come out of year on, they're saying to themselves, wow, okay, look at this. This was only 20 weeks of my life. We're not talking about four years of college. This was 20 weeks and I already have traveled abroad done a service learning project, created a portfolio of work, worked closely with a coach. I've set goals for myself. I've reflected on who I am as a person. I have a set of values. I have these tangible skills that I'm able to walk away with, everything from budgeting to, you know, I have a resume now. And I have a better idea of what it is that I want to do. And I, and at the end of the day, the best thing for me is that I'm not scared to walk around that corner, even if I can't see around it. So that's what I think that a lot of students are coming out with. And I hope that we just continue to grow, we continue to build on that and find more and find firmer ways for students to just feel that empowerment. So by the time they get to their next step, like we're trying with our mission, it is with confidence, clarity and direction. How powerful to get to see that progression in your students too, Charlie. I know that you're very invested in that experience for them and being connected to that. That's really powerful. And on that same note, I guess what for you personally has been your biggest takeaway from working with this age group from students that are on a gap year that are in this prime age in life? Oof. Um, <laughs> one of, I think one of the biggest takeaways is that we as a society need to stop coddling kids. What we are doing effectively is we are not giving them agency to be who they want to be. We currently live in the generation of we've, we've graduated from helicopter parent to snowplow parent and parents, because they love their, they love their kids and they want to, they want to make sure that they're successful. They project all of their fears and all of their anxieties on them and the kids can't move. They, they can't, they, they, they feel like they are just stuck in one place. And what I've learned is that students, especially 18 year olds are so, so, so hyper capable if you give them the chance, but you have to give them the chance. And that's not saying like, you know, you know, toss them out and good luck, right? But we need to start building programs out where students can explore who they are and not feel like they are beholden to some idea of what their parents want them to be. I love working with this age group because they still have a little bit of an imagination. Um, you know, I think that, you know, our, unfortunately our K-12 school system, it really beats it out of you, but they, they're excited. There's, there, there's a lot of excitement that they have and they're able to joke with you and they're able to kind of, you know, let you know when you've made a mistake. And I think that, you know, that needs to, that, that level of, of trust and respect needs to be this reciprocal thing that we're helping students with while they're on their gap year. So then they can really grow into being an independent people. Um, and you know, with that independence, really thinking about, okay, how do I do the things that I want to do? Because at the end of the day, I think that that's, it's really important for anybody to feel like they are in control of their own, of their own life. So definitely a lot of learnings with this group, but I would say one of the biggest ones is that 18 year olds are smart as heck and they are driven to be their best selves. And 
we need to like start to build programs that support them in doing that instead of constantly being in this in this moment of oh they can't do that and like the eye roll and the oh yeah well they're they're only 18 so they can't do x y and z it's like they can do a lot but you have to give them the tools in the sandbox to be able to play to see what they are actually capable of and once you do that i think what you know i find from a lot of parent surveys after the fact and for people that i speak with is they're pretty surprised like wow i didn't know that my 18 year olds was capable of all of this and it's a learning experience for everyone in that sense so yeah short answer 18 year olds are super capable individuals and we should celebrate that and we should give them more agency so they can from the start of this program until forever be who they want to be. Well said, Charlie. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. These are the future change makers. And I think all these gap year opportunities it's are true. just giving them the tools to move forward and shake those trees. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Charlie. And thank you to everyone out there for listening. For some housekeeping before we sign off, you can find Charlie and the folks over at Year On at year.on on Instagram and online at yearon.com. And you can find us here at Gap Year Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. All right, Charlie, we are trying to do our sign-off every pod in a different foreign language. And given your experience living in China, would you like to give a go at Mandarin or would you like to try something else? Sure, we can go for Mandarin. Okay. Do you want to say, like, thank you for listening and goodbye or something? Yeah, sure, sure. Normally, I would try to say that back to you, but I think I'm going to save everyone. And watch <laughs> but that was beautiful. <laughs> thank you so much, Charlie. It's been great chatting. Thanks so much, Marco. Bye. Bye.